0: Hello, and welcome back to the Self-Healer Soundboard. Today's episode, we're going to talk about connection in our relationships.
1: This episode was inspired, as all episodes are, based on the conversation that we had in our previous episode, which of course then was a conversation from all of the previous ones there. So we really are continuing to engage in one giant collective conversation as we very well understand whatever it is that I, Jenna, am dealing with and Nicole is dealing with, and our family and our lives is also what the collective is dealing with in some way. And last week we touched on what we spoke on grief and our own journeys, um, especially very Raleigh for me, it being a few weeks um, past my brother Jacob's passing. So this conversation about grief and sadness and hearing the collective connection that each person has and a lot of people who you know, are choosing to go on the journey of feeling their own grief for the first time, even though it may have been decades ago. And really hearing the resonance with the fact that if you have ever loved, you will someday know grief. And with it being intertwined inexplicably with love and the human experience, that human experience is quite literally survived by connection. So that's a very longer way of saying that this is how we came to this conversation in all conversations is really understanding that in those feelings of heaviness and sadness and grief, at the core of that, what we're dealing with is a lack of connection with ourselves and then in turn to those around us. So we want to bust that open and really talk about what it means to actually connect.
0: A lot of you probably have heard either Jenna or myself say or reference us as being really social creatures. And what that means is from infancy, we need other humans. As I often say, we can't survive on our own. Those earliest connections are necessary for our survival. Those earliest relationships also become the model then for what even connection means to us, how we showed up, how connected or disconnected we were to the people around us, really then becomes the model that we pursue in terms of our relationship with others. And a lot of us, of course, didn't feel safe in our bodies, in our relationships, in our homes when we're younger. So the definition that we're bringing with us into adulthood of connection is really based on that earliest environment.
1: Those earliest environments are environments that we were essentially given. It's our deck of cards or our hand of cards that each person was given. Now, while we don't necessarily have a say or are responsible as children for the deck of cards that we are given, as adults, it does become our responsibility how we play that hand, how we choose to respond to it. And if we choose to allow those earliest experiences to cement our life and our patterns and behavior in stone... Or if we choose to do the work and even choose to have the work of acceptance to accept the fact that that is the deck of cards that we were dealt. Now it's up to me and it is in my power to choose how to respond and play them how I want to and maybe create something new that is completely
0: different from the set of cards that I was given. What you're highlighting, Jenna, is the reality that we carry that model with us. We carry the way we once connected with us into adulthood. So to speak to your point, however long ago our past was, as we show up and bear witness or consciously watch ourselves living those same patterns at that moment, right, it becomes in our responsibility to change the way we show up because we all have that default mode. We all have the way that we're most familiar with showing up in our relationships and until we become conscious, that's how we're going to show up. So I wanna just quickly go over really common definitions, if you will, of connection. And again, based in our earliest experience, some of us have lived connection as being worry or overprotection. Think of the helicopter parent, right? For those of us who had that experience, that's how we begin to define connection. So unless someone is overly worried about us or tending to our every need, we might not feel connected to that person. Another really common one, um, one that I definitely resonate with is, When in childhood, connection meant distance or abandonment or lack of that other person, neglect in a sense. Again, similarly into adulthood, that might be how we are most familiar with connecting to another, having that distance that is. Another really common one is the habit of suppressing or denying aspects of ourselves in terms of our connection. So not bringing issues to the table, expressing our concern with other people, again, mirroring likely the space we didn't have to do that in childhood so into adulthood we push those feelings down we don't bring our sadness we don't bring our anger we don't bring our grief to our relationships because to us that isn't what connection has meant and then another one again that i also resonate with is a lot of us learned connection around certain ideas certain beliefs or certain experiences we see this a lot with religion with culture Um, A lot of times in shared climates of stress or of sadness, again, connection means for us sharing those beliefs, sharing those feelings with another person. And again, in absence of that, a lot of us in adulthood might not feel connected to the relationships or the people around us.
1: And how could you possibly feel connected to another or to those around you if you aren't feeling connected to yourself or if you don't even know what it feels like to be connected to yourself? which truly is just allowing yourself to be, allowing yourself to be in the present moment. So this connection that we're talking about, as with all things on our healing journey, it is an inside job. I can't want something so much for that person over there that they'll make it happen. I can only want something so much for me over here that I will then take the action to make it happen. And Particularly with Jake's passing, this has been so highlighted for me because there's all of the, you know, the should haves, the would haves, the what ifs. And in reality, the only thing that I can do is look at me and my connection to me and my connection to those around me. And it took really this contrast of understanding that there's nothing I could have said or done or changed or wanted differently for Jake, for Jake to go and make that change. The only thing I can do now is put a mirror back on me and realize that I'm the one that then gets to take the actions, to make the choices, to be with myself, to reach out to others, to even explore and have a conversation about what connection actually even is in the first place.
0: You're really highlighting an important point, Jenna, which is I think a reality and a process that many of us live, myself included, which is our first step is to look outside, is to look to the person that we're not maybe feeling deeply connected to and to bring up what fault they might be having or what role they might be playing in that disconnection. And I know I did that. When I didn't feel close to relationship after relationship through my 20s, I didn't take responsibility. I assumed I was showing up as a deep emotional being. And it clearly was my partner who wasn't receiving me or who wasn't meeting me at the depth that I was interested in. Little did I know that I was playing a role in that. Because in childhood, lacking a really deep emotional connection with my mom and with my family members, all I knew connection as was stress. And when I really started to witness myself in relationships, not only just romantic ones, my friends included, I saw that same patterning. I would bring stress to the table. I would emotionally dump, as we say. That's all I knew connection to be, So, of course, I wasn't feeling deeply connected around all the rest of my emotions, and there were many, because to speak to your point, Jenna, I wasn't allowing them in myself. I wasn't connected enough to my body to know what I was feeling, to even then be able to express that to someone else. Yet again, I didn't see the role I was playing until I really understood how impactful that lack of emotional connection was for me in childhood.
1: One of the most valuable things I've experienced in my own life is that experience of someone else really, truly getting where you're at. And I experienced this quite a bit, which I'm very grateful for, in the last few weeks, getting a lot of messages or thoughts and prayers from loved ones or even just strangers on the internet. And there were a handful of those in particular, people who had specifically lost a sibling, those who had specifically lost a brother, and then those who for some reason, just were able to curate their words in something as simple as, I'm so sorry, there are no adequate words to describe what you're feeling or what you're going through. And the way those expressions came to me had me feeling really gotten. And what I mean by gotten is that I felt like in those moments, despite all of the pain, despite all of the emotion, I felt truly connected to this other person And I've really explored, you know, why is that? What gave me that feeling of just a simple sentence having me be left so moved and so gotten? And it's because those people met me where I was at. There was no, you know, you need sunshine or let's go do something fun. It was just a total meeting me where I was. Now, I'm aware and conscious enough to understand what it was I was feeling. I knew where I was at as much as it was easier or felt easier to numb and run away I knew for me, I committed to be present and to sit with all of these feelings of grief and the experience of another person meeting me where I was, was truly transformative. And I mention all of this in my own exploration of connection, because it's me being able to be with myself first that allows me to extend that olive branch or allows another person to extend an olive branch to me and have it actually genuinely be received by me. Now, if you have a loved one or a friend or someone who is going through grief or these heavy feelings and maybe you aren't or you haven't experienced that and you don't know what to do or how to do, this is why we're having this conversation because maybe some of those people that had me left feeling so moved and loved have never experienced something like this. But they had the ability to see where I was at, likely because those people were also able to witness where they themselves were at, which is only here truly in the present moment
0: i actually looked up um, the word connection and connecting before we began just see what came up for a, a definition and what you're highlighting this idea of being really connected to ourself then allows us to be the definition that i landed on was connection a sense of being open and available to another right that's what connection means right there is an action in even jenna's moment of being so connected to herself, putting her story, her sharing, her feelings out there, and then allowing someone to meet her where she's at. While it seems very passive, oh, just a human showed up with a really resonating comment, that took Jenna's being open and available for that. And again, a lot of us, based in our past experiences where we didn't have that safety in our relationships, in our bodies, this is why it is so important and we go on and on about Including our body in the healing, really teaching ourselves how to be safe because our nervous system plays a role in whether or not we can even be open and connected. And of course, you know, Jenna and myself doing the work to be connected to our body meant also to help regulate our nervous system so that we can even open ourselves up for connection when it's available.
1: And it doesn't mean it's not scary or it's not uncomfortable. I mean, sharing even with we'll say the world or the collective, whoever reads social media, just sharing on social media or even sharing on this podcast. For me, it's, you know, it would be a disservice to not be transparent and tell you that it's so much more comfortable for me to to share my feelings on an Instagram post or to write something or to sit here on a podcast. That's way easier for me than it is to sit in front of Nicole and Lolly and hold their hand and allow myself to cry to them or allow my emotion to be received by them that still is triggering. That still is difficult. Now, sitting here a couple weeks out, definitely still in this process of grief and really just confusion in a lot of ways, Does it has a comfort. It's helping me explore it, but it would be a disservice for you to not know that there are definitely, there are both sides. There's what you see in front of you right here, and then there's also behind the scenes. There's still all of that that we work through, all of the The humanness that you experience on your end, we do too. I mean, it's easier for me to just run screaming out the door or to want to leave than it is to sit in my own home with my own family and actually allow myself to
0: connect now. So I read those different types of connection earlier when we began this episode to highlight that if you resonate it with any or all of them, it will be unfamiliar as you begin to show up in a new way. For some of us, that means really just tuning into how we feel first because, right, we can't share how we feel with another person until we have that connection with ourselves first. The minute we do that, especially if you've lived on a spaceship or disconnected from our body like I have, that in and of itself will feel uncomfortable. Being intimately knowing of oneself is incredibly vulnerable, let alone then when I begin to share that with people around me. So anyone who begins to witness the connections or their definition of connection in in their current relationships and begins to make new choices to maybe deepen the connection with themselves or be vulnerable to someone else, expect it to be unfamiliar and therefore uncomfortable. And the space where this comes up for me is really holding space for others that I love and care about deeply when we are having different emotions. Because in childhood, like I shared earlier, I knew shared emotions around, particularly, stress. With that codependent conditioning, it feels really comfortable when everyone around me feels the same way that I do. However, when you're supporting other people or in relationship, no two people are probably gonna feel the same way at the same time. And I, like many of us, have that tendency or that discomfort if Jenna says in grief or is feeling sad and I'm not feeling that way in this moment, what it might bring up for me is helplessness, powerlessness, maybe even my own grief that it, very similar to Jenna, I don't want to feel. So I can do a couple things, disconnect from the conversation entirely, or like Jenna's offered earlier, suggest that she stop feeling sad because A, right? Holding space for someone who's not feeling the way I am feels uncomfortable in and of itself and might bring up something deeper for each of us. So the journey then is being connected to our emotions and also then holding space for someone else who might be in a different emotion at that time.
1: I have a lot of compassion for those of you who are listening and really taking this in and kind of getting that wave of overwhelm of, oh my God, okay, you've got these things to connect to myself over here, and then I have my partners and the rest of life over here and how to hold space for them. What does holding space even mean? I understand how that can very quickly sort of start to snowball. And to really zero this in for anyone who is listening in any of those moments like Nicole's describing, you know, maybe I'm in a moment of grief and Nicole's having a different emotional experience at that moment. She can choose to hold space and choose to meet me where I am or she could choose to go a different way or into another room or to do her own thing. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. For me to get personally offended at that really only harms me. It's a very normal and very common response if I were to get offended and I were to go into all of these, you know, beliefs of why me, you're so inconsiderate, all of these narratives that we've learned over time and just keep repeating without even really having awareness of it. And regardless of who else is in the room or in the family or in the house or who is around you. For anyone who is truly listening and taking this in, always come back to yourself as your core, as your foundation. For me, I am very visual, so I quite literally close my eyes and just zero everything back into me and to my breath. And I watch my body and I remind myself that I'm responsible for bringing myself back into balance, back into homeostasis, back into a regulated nervous system. I do that most often by putting my hand on my heart, one on my stomach, and taking a few deep breaths, bringing that sort of balance back because I will feel emotions rise up out of nowhere, especially right now. Suddenly, my blood's boiling. Suddenly, I'm extremely angry, and I'm not angry at the people around me. I'm angry at the situation, or I'm grieving, or I'm incredibly sad, and that connection that I'm wanting so desperately from others is a connection I have to first give to myself. And I reference us having this balanced nervous system because connection is a a thing that we need to feel safe in, right? As children, our level of connection or what we learned as connection with another may not have been a safe environment. As an adult, I am responsible for making it safe. So the best and first way that I can do that is to make it safe with myself. Next month in the circle, in our self-healer circle membership, our virtual online membership, we're teaching the beauty and power of silence and how to be with yourself in silence and the wisdom and really the lessons of being in silence and that serenity and that teaching. And it takes practice. So if you are listening and you want to begin practicing, begin simply by coming back to your breath, by putting a hand on your heart by just literally feeling what your physical body feels like, what those sensations feel like, and reminding yourself a little ruthlessly and compassionately that you are responsible for bringing your body into safety now
0: as an adult. So some questions that I think are helpful to explore, right, is to witness how is it, how connected am I to myself first? How connected am I to my relationships? again? What is my definition of connection? How is it that I continue to show up? Another really helpful question what expectations am I putting on someone else? Again, to speak to Jenna's point, really refocusing on us. How can I show up differently? So begin to explore what might you be or continue to expect from other people that you can begin to give yourself. And then a final question, of course, is how would I like to connect this really allows us to individualize or are or really honor our uniqueness not everyone's relationship is going to look exactly like everyone else's so here's where we have the opportunity to determine what we want connection to be for ourselves acknowledging that we have a mind and a body that a lot of us need to cultivate safety first in our body before we can open ourselves up then to someone else
1: Creating that safety within our bodies and within ourselves can really only be done here in the present moment. And Jake spoke about connection as planting seeds with people, planting seeds of love and hope with anyone that he met. And I really like this imagery of gardening and really this journey being our own garden that needs presence, that needs continuous It needs showing up to every day so that we can foster that safety within ourselves and that connection with others. This isn't a one and done thing. I look at the path that led Jake ultimately to where he is now. And I look at the path that many other people have taken and the different work that's been done along the way and the outsourcing of connection. And when we continue to outsource and what we think is connecting to others really betraying our own selves, constantly ripping ourselves apart, disappointing ourselves, letting ourselves down, beating ourselves up. That I know is so often how Jake felt inside his heart. The biggest person he always disappointed was himself. And I feel that so profoundly within myself because I'm cut from the same cloth. I mean, we share the same blood. I'm from the same place that he comes from. I do fully understand that. And I see Very beautifully, how Jake extended outward to everyone around him. And the greatest lesson he could teach me, now even through this transition, is to truly make myself front and center for me when it comes to cultivating safety and meeting myself where I'm at, which means acceptance of where I'm at. If I want to connect with Nicole or anyone around me, I have to accept where I am in this moment and expression and joy, happiness. Some of those emotions might feel really far away right now. If I were to put them on and paint a happy face, it would be inauthentic. All of the darker feelings that it seems that I'd be shoving down would probably erupt later on, years later, in an argument or something with someone when it's not truly meant for them. They don't disappear. They just get pushed down. And I reference that because there's so much importance in meeting yourself wherever you are right now, today, listening however you're feeling, allowing yourself to accept that, meeting yourself right now in this moment, wherever you are and extending yourself acceptance and love and compassion first. And then from there, then hold on to your heart and your stomach and come back to your breath or cultivate that safety. Only from there can you then extend and build a
0: path to connecting to someone else. The journey really does begin and. In- any moment you choose to be fully present with yourself. So honoring everyone out there listening, honoring the fact that something led you today to click onto this podcast and give a listen. That is right where you are at. You are right where you need to be. And to speak to your point, Jenna, it is an ongoing journey. Continue to reconnect with yourself so that you can then show up to have the connections, to have the relationships that we are all interested in having. As a reminder, as we approach January 1st, which is enrollment for the Self-Healer Circle, anyone who is interested in joining Enrollment Now happens waitlist only. So you can head over to our website and jump on our waitlist to get all information on how to enroll in the Self-Healer Circle on January 1st. Looking forward to continuing this conversation next episode.